Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. is playing for the national title. It's too long and Syracuse is your national champion. Who's out? What's up, Syracuse fans? Mike McAllister from AllSyracuse.com with episode 52 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast presented by Hoffman Sausage Company and Bet Online. We are here with the man, the myth, the legend, Josh Crawford, to discuss Syracuse's 24-9 win over NC State. The Orange is 6-0. They are going bowling. And bring on Bama talk lives for another week. Although, maybe we have to change that to bring on Georgia, bring on Ohio State, bring on Tennessee, maybe? Bring on somebody else, because right now it's not Bama, but... The point is the same. Syracuse is 6-0. Syracuse's college football playoff hopes are still in their own hands. And it's crazy that we're in mid-October and still saying that. But that's where we're at. Syracuse is one of only two undefeated teams in the ACC. The other being Clemson, of which they play next. But Josh, a 24-9 win. I know NC State was down there starting quarterback. But that didn't impact NC State's defense, which is supposed to be one of the best in the ACC. And for large portions of that game, Syracuse was really controlling uh, tempo, controlling um, all of the action on that side of the ball. I thought it was an impressive performance. There were some obviously some things they needed to clean up, a few too many penalties, the two turnovers, uh, but... 24 to 9, 6 and 0, hard to complain about a lot at this point. Nah, definitely, uh, you're definitely right about that. You're talking about, you know, you can only play who's on your schedule. You can only play the team that is presented to you at any given time. So, yeah, the fact that Devin Leary, you know, one, I think I think he was the ACC preseason player of the year, obviously a highly touted guy, you know, sucks for NC State. They don't have their starting quarterback for the rest of the year. And, and it sucks for Syracuse that they can't, you know, get that super solidified win against a team at full strength. Um, so it's a twofold thing. But, you know, like you said, that that had nothing to do with the fact that NC State has one of the deepest and most experienced defenses in the ACC, if not the country. And Syracuse, you know, was able to do what they wanted to do uh, most of the game, honestly. You had a guy like OG that is, you know, continually add. We thought, you know, you know Virginia, Purdue, you know, 100-yard games. We, we could do it against against a could he do it again against a P5 opponent? Resounding yes on that. So it seems like, you know, that question about your who's your number one target is, you know, definitely answered. And then we saw Sean Tucker be Sean Tucker. So, yeah, it definitely was a, you know, issue had their way, even with the, you know, gear looking like a 2021 gear. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to join today. 
and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, Sean Tucker was Sean Tucker. That's that's an excellent point. That was one of the things going into the game that, from a Syracuse perspective, uh, I was, I don't want to say concerned about, but that was going to be one of the chess match pieces between the coaching staffs is NC State is generally pretty stout against the run. Syracuse, we know, wants to establish the run um, and get Sean Tucker going, but also um, they they want Garrett Schrader to, to be successful on the ground as well. So to have that one-two combo going. And even though NC State showed some chinks in the armor a little bit in terms of um, allowing dual threat quarterbacks to pick up yards against them. Um, that has been a little bit of an issue and Syracuse certainly exploited that as Schrader ran for 81 yards in this game. But um, Sean Tucker ran for 98 yards on 14 carries averaged seven yards a carry and Syracuse as a team ran for 179 yards and averaged six yards a carry that, that tells me that they're controlling the line of scrimmage. Uh, they had 30 runs to 25 passes. So a well-balanced attack and, um, you know, the various receivers made plays at different times, but it was largely the OG Aronde Gadsden show for, for most of it, um, through the air, but just a, a well-rounded performance, a defense played lights out special teams made their plays when, when they were there, um, not a hugely impactful game from special teams, but solid all around there. Um, and again, you're six and oh. 24 to nine, you beat the top 15 team at home by two touchdowns. I, I think you feel pretty good about that. But as much as we'll talk about Sean Tucker being Sean Tucker and the performance of the offense, this game to me was a showcase for the Syracuse defense, for the mob, as they like to call themselves, right? Um, they were top 10 in the country coming in in total defense, moved up to number eight in the country after this performance. The only thing they didn't do here, because they sacked NC State three times, they held them to just two and a half yards per carry um, on the ground. NC State really wanted to run the ball. They ran it 38 times for 95 yards. As I said, two and a half yards per carry. And despite all of that, even Syracuse didn't force a turnover, which is the only thing really that they didn't do. Um, on the couple of drives that NC State had that, they seem to have a little bit of momentum going once they got in the red zone, Syracuse locked them down and kept them out of the end zone, pushed them back for some long field goal attempts and really, really stout uh, red zone defense. They were really good on third down as well. Uh, Syracuse holding NC state to just five for 16 conversions there. Um, just a really strong all around performance. I thought Jatias gear had almost a breakout game. Um, he, he, he only had a sack and a half, but it felt like he could have had a couple more. He almost had Jack chambers in his grasp a couple more times, but he was really, really good throughout that game. Um, without, you know, a couple of, of guys that you were counting on going into the season along the defensive line, they were still good against the run. Kevon Darton had a very impactful game. I thought he got into the backfield and was disruptive multiple times, especially against the run. So just, I think, a really good performance. Everyone played pretty well um, defensively. 
and they did what you would hope that a really good defense would do against a backup quarterback making his first start in an environment like that. It's tailgating season, and no one does it better than Hoffman's Sausage Company. Beer bratwurst, jalapeno cheddar sausage, kibasi, and bun-length chicken sausage. Add them to the menu with classic German Franks and snappy grillers, and fans will go wild. Proudly made in New York since 1879, when you bite into a Hoffman, you experience a little bit of upstate history. Taste tells, Hoffman is a proud partner of Syracuse University Athletics. No, you're definitely right. Like, I got to give uh, JT all the credit. You know, even you know, with the work that I did in the preseason, like being able to observe, um, you know, that D-line unit that has, you know, been highly discussed. I definitely wasn't like a Chase Simmons guy. You know, he's a little bit more stout. Um, he looked like he was a guy that was a little bit more technically sound. And, um, you know, like uh, my, my bias, definitely the smaller D-lineman. You know, I'm a uh, I'm a big advocate of you can't just put any guy that's 6'5 to 30 on the, uh, on the end of the line and call him a D-end. And, you know, for the most of the, the preseason, that's what JT looked like, honestly. But, he, like, you know, with the, the flip side of that, you have those guys that are kind of, like, ideally built like JT, 6'5", 6'6", around that 230, 240 range with those athletic tools that he has. You know, just give them a little bit of time and nuance, and they can really, you know, go. You know, even we see a guy, we see how similarly he is a, he's, we have see, we see how similar he is built to a guy like Steve Lynn. So, yeah, it was – I would think it was a, break, a breakout game for – um for uh, JT, and uh, you're talking about, you know, with uh, some of the, the war of attrition things going on with a lot of the injuries uh, racking up, uh, pass rush I think is probably the most valuable thing you can have uh, on the defensive side of the football and uh, for football nowadays. So you got a guy like JT that is going to be able to, you know, two sacks is going to be a lot to expect every game. But, you know, expecting consistent pressure on the quarterback and being able to, to get that every week, that'll, you know, that'll be a game changer for the defense with, you know, that really being the only uh, missing part of the de- defense not being, you know, outstanding. Yeah, him and – if you can get him and Linton going consistently as pass rushers, that gives you um, a really nice weapon on, you know, third and long type situations, third and medium to third and long, as you can throw both of those guys out there on opposite sides and put a lot of pressure on opposing offensive lines. And I think there's very few that are going to be equipped with the caliber of tackle that's needed to consistently – uh, keep those guys at bay. So that gives Syracuse a weapon there, even if, you know, if there's, there's still some concerns about the depth uh, along the defensive line, especially down a couple of uh, players that you expected to be in the rotation. Um, offensively, you know, we'll go back here. Oronde Gadsden, uh, what a fantastic game from him. I mean, it, it's, it's a little amazing to me that we are now six games into the season. Pretty much everyone knows that he's, the top target, right? And yet good defensive coaches are still struggling to find an answer for how to stop him. You put a linebacker on him. He's too fast. You put a DB on him. He's too big. And you throw anything near his hands. He catches them. He made one catch where he had a guy right there in coverage and he just snatched it out of the air. Uh, fantastic catch down the middle of the field. Uh, the touchdown catch that he had, he kind of boxed out his guy and grabbed the ball out of the air and just was kind of a nonchalant thing. Easy. It was very easy. And it's not an easy play. And yet he made it look like he he was just kind of walking around, not really even trying. And, you know, the, the second touchdown he had was a fantastic play design. They lined him up in the backfield, but that shows 
the versatility of the different things you can do with him, lining him up as a traditional tight end, lining him up in the slot, putting him in the outside, putting him in the backfield. You can do so many things with him. It got him ACC receiver of the week, career high 141 yards along with those two touchdowns. I mean, OG is just balling out this year. He's He's been a, a huge find for the Syracuse offense. Nah, that's uh, that's definitely something that you know, I wouldn't, you know, I, I think I think it's fair to say unexpected. You know, you got we come into the year we're definitely looking at more like Courtney Jackson, you know, Damian Alford, the guy that I've been kind of disappointed with, and uh, you know, Trevor Payne. Because always, you know, you look at a guy like Charlie Jones, and you know, if somebody's exciting as a as TP is with the ball in their hand on special teams, you can expect a little juice from them when the quarterback's throwing the ball. But um, yeah, OG, like, funny story. Like, you know, like I said, because, you know, I, I look like the part. I try to look like something when I'm going into, you know, broadcast and do a little press box, whatever. So after the game, uh, you know, after the NC State game, it was him, Garrett, and uh, Kale that was choosing for uh, for press conference. So I did my interview with Kale. Then, you know, I just, I just see this big old 6'6 shadow behind me. He just got this big old goofy grin on his face. He's looking like, what's up, bro? So, like, OG, he's like, he's definitely a soft-spoken guy. He's definitely not a big talker. But, uh, you know, he's definitely a cool guy. You know, he, he knows what he's doing for us. He's South Florida guy. He's a he professional. Is, he's a, not a pro- prestigious football player. Very, yeah. you know, good lineage. So he, he knows what he's doing. You know, he had the custom uh, hoodie after the Virginia game when he had the game with a touchdown. So, you know, he's he, he's a cool guy. He, he's he's not a big talker. But uh, he understands how important it is what he's doing right now. And uh, I think that, you know, you know, coming into the year, that it was something that, you know, it wasn't expected, but it could have been an oversight on our part. Like I said, this guy has a, has a good lineage. He looks the part. And, like, even what you're talking about, like, yeah, you said about we didn't expect him to be the, a, a number one option. Go find me the 6'5 DB in ACC that's going to cover him on one of these post-corner routes. Go find me the linebacker that's going to be able to, you know, muscle him up at 240 but still run with him in the seams. So, like, yeah, was it unexpected? You know, it could be. But, again, go try to find me the guy that's, that's in the ACC you know, even on this time, that even on this team that you expected to go cover him, and then you know we can have that discussion. Yeah, if anyone's going to, it's going to be this week, right, against Clemson. I mean, they've got the most NFL dudes, uh, I would think, on a defense. Um, it's, it's going to be between them, Syracuse, and NC State. I think those are going to be the three you talk about. Um, and I would have, to, I would definitely want to push. I mean, not want to, but I definitely because you look at a guy like Sam Hardman. Um, you know, obviously the the slow mesh that they do definitely impacts the secondary. But I think the big thing about this Clemson defense this year is the fact that they have an inexperienced secondary. You know, we looked at some of the, the the big great defenses they've had in the past, and you know, obviously, you know, D line U is kind of their mantra. But they've always kind of had you know uh, secondary uh, you know talent, AJ Terrell, Darion Kendrick, and this year not really like that. You know, you, they still have the great you know front seven, but it's not you know it's not a known thing in the backhand. And you saw it with Wake Forest with you know that game turning into to a shootout with uh, yeah Sam Harmon had what six touchdowns. So, yeah, it's definitely, I think, to where, again, they have a lot of talent back there. But, you know, outside of Trent Simpson, you know, show me the guy that you think in coverage is going to be able to, you know, stop OG on one of these, these scene routes or dunk on somebody on the post corner. You know, I don't think that, you know, even a team like Clemson has a guy specifically in the secondary to uh, do that on a consistent basis. Another uh, former Clemson DB, Kayvon Wallace, who is a defense back with one Philadelphia Eagles, also 6-0. Fly Eagles fly. Just had to get that in there. Um, it we'll we'll have a full breakdown of Clemson um, in our 
our next episode later this week to get more into that. And uh, Josh will give you a full breakdown of the dynamic defensive line that, uh, that Clemson has. And, and it's going to be interesting to see how Syracuse tries to match up with that. But um, following the game, a, a little interesting thing that always tends to bring up a discussion is Syracuse wins. They get a deflection on the last play to keep uh, NC State out of the end zone, 24-9 final score. And here come the fans, storm in the field, right? It, it's a, a win to get you to bowl eligibility. Uh, you just beat a ranked opponent for the first time this season, and it's the first 6-0 and start in 35 years. Understandable excitement, right? And the student section storms the field, um, some other fans as well. And I, I saw some, there's always some commentary about act like you've been there before and, um, you know, those types of things. And, um, you know, just, just celebrate the win without storm in the field type of a situation. And I always kind of approach that a little bit different than that. I pretty much don't care whoever storms the field against anybody. I really don't. It doesn't bother me one bit. I don't look at a program any different because there's college kids who perhaps have had some adult apple juices while the game adult, was going on. I've never there's adult I've apple been around juices. people that have really tried to talk and told a lot. I've, adult apple juice. There you go. Come on now. That's there, one right there. There's for a good sure. one right there for you. Adult apple juices and uh, you know, perhaps has altered their state a little bit. And uh, they're enjoying themselves. They're feeling good. And they're saying, you know what? I'm going to go run on the field right now. So, you know, college kids want to go do that when you beat an FCS team. I, I don't care. I, I, it doesn't change how yeah, you're, I, you're, you're, you're exactly I know that's an extreme. Post, that's that was, that a, was nope. pretty extreme. In, in all, in all reality, nobody's storming a field when you beat an FCS team. Okay. It's, it's not going to happen. Listen, you're division anyway. two team. Okay. That's, that's true for, for a power five team. Right. You're not doing that. But my point is, there's never been a case where I've said, man, that program is awesome. They recruit elite five star caliber players. They end up going into the NFL and having a lot of success. That is one of the best programs in college football. But they storm the field a little bit too often. So I'm going to bump them down in my rankings. That has never happened ever. No recruit has ever picked a school over another school and said, I would have went there, but they stormed the field too often. When you're talking about the best teams going into next year, no one says, man, Georgia just won the national championship. They've got the most NFL talent on the team. We're going to, we'd put them preseason number one, but they stormed the field a couple of too many times last year. So we're going to bump them down to number five. None of that ever happens, right? Everyone that complains about anyone who storms the field three days later, it's not even in their mind. They don't even care. They're often talking about the next game. It has no impact on anything. So let them have their fun. They're college kids. Who cares? And for the act like you've been there before crowd, Syracuse hasn't. It's the first time in 35 years they're 6-0. and They literally haven't been there. So let them enjoy it. That's what I have to say. I mean, you know, thank, the Lord has blessed me to be in a position to where I've you know, both stormed the field and been on the field when it was stormed. I stormed the field uh, whenever – I'm not good with numbers. Whenever the year that Paxton – whenever the Memphis defense knocked uh, Robert Condici out the game on a fullback dive and we beat them, um, I stormed the field that game. Uh, I think I stormed the field. I, I can't remember. I think I stormed another uh, the field for another Memphis game. 
But um, for those people saying that, um, have you ever not stormed the field or been on the field when it was being stormed? It's really fun. A lot of, I mean, it's it, it not it's not like it's an element of violence. You've already, you know, people these people have paid to get in their college football games. There are no guns or knives on the field. It's just like you said, it is unadulterated fun and excitement. Like you know, the worst thing that you get, you know, because baby talking about people rubbing on your head a little too sensually or whatever. But outside of that, like it's just, like you said, it's pure enjoyment. So like those people that are criticizing that, like I would I would encourage you to go probably ride a roller coaster too, go see a scary movie, like all these things that you're so scared to do because whatever preconceived notion of you know nobility or whatever, like you know, drop the scene. It's okay to have a little fun. It's okay to let your feet up on the weekends. And like I'm saying, like I said, like have you ever been on the field when it was being stormed, or have you ever you know had the feeling to where you know your program or your city was you know urging to storm the field? Like it's okay. It's like and again, like I'm not. I don't want to talk about anybody from upstate New York, but like, like I, I've been. I, I'm from down south. Like I, like I said, you talk about storming the field when Ole Miss, when Memphis beat Ole Miss, and you even look at another scene like uh you know this this situation with my uh, my home state yet again in the Volunteer State when they beat Bama. Like it could have went a lot worse. Like it was more like a, a dribbling onto the field of fans more than a storming in the dome. Versus you look at UTK, like now they got a you know hundred thousand dollar fine for that. So like yeah, especially the, the the storming of the field that happened up here. Like calm down. Like you know, what else are you mad about? Yeah, and and sports are fun. I think we forget that too often, right? It, sports are supposed to be fun. Uh, so let people enjoy themselves. Uh, we will wrap it up with with this um, couple minutes from Josh on what the win and Syracuse being six and zero means for the program, the fan base, and 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 the community in general, because I, I don't think even the most optimistic fans had Syracuse at bowl eligible in mid-October. Hey, I mean, they shouldn't feel bad because even people on this team and in this, you know, on this program didn't expect this. So it's not like, you know, it's a thing to where, you know, we had this five-star quarterback or we had, you know, not to keep, not to keep shading Garrett, or we had this, like this known commodity that would have put us in. They weren't ready to start the season. So nobody had a lot of expectation and nobody was like crying about not being ranked. So obviously it is a thing to where everybody's surprised, but like, you know, in this, the stuff that I've done and the stuff that I learned with you, you know, you learn about the rich tradition and, the, you know, the, the walls of the NFL, people that have lined SU. You know, SU did not just get, did not like a program like Memphis that just got good at football like 10 to 15 years ago. Like this is a storied legacy program. So, you know, I see a lot of people, you know, you talk about the football schools, hysteria and, you know, like Marshall and just, you know, the general excitement. But I just, I just wanted to be a clear differentiating factor between like, you know, this has never happened before, and, and as you know, as crazy as sounds, considering all the context around the school and all the things that the basketball program has done, you know, I would urge people to look at it more like a, you know, this is what it's supposed to be like, especially with some of the struggles of the basketball program. So it's um, you know, I want y'all to enjoy it. I don't want to, you know, I definitely don't want to constrict anybody, but just like, you know, just a, just a little bit of a mind shift, cha- mind shift change. Uh, I think it may may allow you to have even even more fun. Yeah, no question, and um. You know, Josh wrote a, a really fascinating article. I would encourage everyone to go read. It's up on allsyracuse.com. Um, the title of it is Not an Upset Story, and it's about just that. If you look at the tradition and the history of Syracuse football and the players that have come through Syracuse, uh, yeah, maybe you don't expect to go 6-0 and every year, of course. So the fact that it's the first time in 35 years that you're 6-0, and you know, that, that maybe isn't something that you should expect to happen all the time. But being a good football team with NFL caliber players on both sides of the ball, that is something that you have a right to expect. And I, I think being a team that's a bowl team year in and year out is, is what 
the program should be. And it's got the tradition and the history to warrant that expectation. And so this this six and zero uh, start to the season with what could be a special year for Syracuse, combined with what they did in 2018, and you're starting to see the foundation built to that. Now they have to make sure that those years in between those fantastic, highly ranked caliber years are still six and six, seven and five type of years instead of four and eight, three and nine type of years. That's that's the next step for uh, Syracuse football, and 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 we'll see um, how they adjust to that moving forward after this year but that'll do it for episode 52 of the believe in syracuse podcast for josh crawford i'm mike McAllister from allsyracuse.com and we'll see you next time Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.